Hey, this is Scott with another Speaking Stone, and this one is covering a question about uh, espionage and state operations covering espionage and how the, the various state agencies would play into the dragon-marked houses. Um, so the short answer is, uh, right, there definitely would be some sharing of information, but a state agency is going to administer to the needs and the care and the future of the state over everything else. With the dragon-marked houses that can become involved in this, it does create an unusual situation where you have a third-party, if you will, intelligence agency um, being able to offer services. Um, and any state would be loath to put a, a high degree of trust into them, but they definitely would use their services for sort of the periphery uh, on 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 a bigger scope. Um, so for the rest of this is going to be sort of an espionage 101 and some of the ideas about there's so many groups that are in Eberron and how those play into it. Um, so first let's talk about the, the the kinds of intelligence that you're looking at that these groups will concern themselves with. They're going to be things like signals intelligence, right? Sigint, uh, human, which is human intelligence. Um, what I'm calling ArcInt, um, which is essentially the arcane version of Fizint and Mazint. Um, and then you're going to look at the various types of operations that would go down, right? So it's not just signals intelligence and human intelligence and arcane intelligence, right? But you're also looking at special operations, um, law enforcement activities, counterintelligence, counterterrorism, and... Uh, as we're talking about this, I'll probably throw back to American agencies just so it's easier for the majority of our readers. Um, for those who aren't, you know, just do a little bit of research and you can make the correlations. Um, so, you know, for America, you're looking at DIA, which is our military intelligence wing, the NSA, which is responsible for signals intelligence, the CIA, which is responsible for the human intelligence. DHS, which is internal security, and then the FBI, which is a law enforcement function. It also has an intelligence arm. Um, so keep those in mind as we go go forward with this. So your three dragon-marked houses that really are concerned with covering intelligence activities, two are very specific in that, and the third is sort of a by-proxy, if you will, um, ish. So there is a house Fiarlin, right? So, and they have uh, the ability to create spies and case officers since they would use their mark, their dragon mark deals with either scrying or darkness, right? As you go down that path from their entertainers guild. And so their people are out there and they're out in the open and they're used to dealing with everyone face to face, bards, right? Jugglers. So those are the kind of people you need to have a high degree of charisma and they are alpha personalities, and they are not afraid to just enter into a crowd of strange people and be and commence with conversations with complete strangers. Um, and so that's where you're looking at House Fiarlin is going to be very strong in in human intelligence, uh, as well as the signals intelligence. Um, and the signals intelligence is because House Fiarlin has a Dragon Mark focus device, which essentially works like a video camera, and it allows them to monitor and to record a scene and to play back those scenes, and that can be very, very powerful. The other half of the Mark of Shadow is House Therani, 
and they focus more on the wet work side of using the mark to do their scrying and their darkness, right? They're still gaining the same abilities, but it's the utilization piece. And so now you're, you're looking at assassins, like I said, and there's definitely a wet work piece to that. And they can also do human intelligence and signals intelligence just the same, but they're not going to focus on that. They are going to focus on those black operations, um, removal cleanup process. And by cleanup, you know, people mean when something goes wrong, that's who you're going to want to pull in and you're going to want to pull in the hyper professionals from house to Ronnie. Uh, the third dragon marked house is house Thrashk, and, and sorry, there's four dragon marked houses. I misspoke. Um, the house Thrashk, and as you know, they're, they're function as trackers and bounty hunters. Um, and so they can, they're easy to find people. So you're, for them, you're looking more at special operations or law enforcement operations. Um, so you can, and you, you, you definitely can use that because they're going to be the ones that some of these other organizations can give the money to and send out and say, Hey, you know, find a specific person or thing or even a location and get us the, the data on that. Uh, the fourth dragon marked house is House Madani, and House Madani uh, has the mark of detection, and as such, they, a lot of their abilities deal with detection. The ultimate ability is true seeing, and they also are the ones who make the most uh, inquisitives and spy catchers. So, when you look at House Madani, House Madani is definitely going to be about arc int and special operations, but predominantly about counterintelligence and. When you're looking at how the Dragonborn houses, I would say that they're going to apply their abilities, yes, across nations and across borders to anyone who can afford it, but they're also going to turn these for the 12 and keeping the Dragonborn houses where they are. And that's where I see them focusing most of their abilities is what makes it better for the house. Yes, we have inquisitors. Yes, we can help you catch your spies. Yes, I can help you locate your criminals. Um, however, comma you know, a lot of our focus is going to be maintaining power because that's what espionage is all about. It's about maintaining power and continuing that threshold. On a separate note is the Sentinel Marshals, which is also, you know, part of the Dragon Mark's house, um, but they are definitely full-on law enforcement operations. They're more like the FBI, and they remain completely neutral, and they're able to cross any border, anywhere, anytime in Corvair and track down criminals, notably those people who have violated the, the interests of the Dragon March houses. And you start moving into some of the actual nation-state actors. So you've got Brayland, right? They have the Dark Lanterns. The Dark Lanterns are going to focus a lot on human intelligence, counterintelligence, and counterterrorism operations. Um, you have, uh, also in Brayland, the King's Citadel. And the King's Citadel functions mostly like a national security council where they are deciding what is in the best interest to do the collection on what, what, how, how do we prioritize what the Dark Lanterns need to do. In Zalargo, you have the trust. And uh, the trust is very interesting because it's essentially a secret police that acts to protect the, na the, the interests of the entire nation. But nobody knows who they are. Everyone is suspicious. And a member of the trust doesn't require any permission to do anything. Once you're a member of the trust, you're already given the ability to be a judge, jury, executioner. And so when you're looking at the trust, they're going to focus, they can focus on sigint, human, 
ARCINT, counterintelligence and counterterrorism. And, you know, I, I think it's downplayed a little bit. It seems like Zagalargo would be a lot more shaky and, and nervous. There are people going about their business, but at the end of the day, they'll watch what they say, watch what they do, watch where they go, watch who they interact with, because you never know who's watching. Um, in the old Soviet days, there would be, you know, um, the Russians. In Russian, it's called the Stukachi, which means knocker. And that's what happened in the dark of the night is you'd have the knock on the door and then your neighbors would vanish. Um, and that, that tends to be how I play up the trust. Now with the, uh, with the, sorry, uh, Thrain, you have the Silver Torch, right? And they're not really as robust, uh, as the other services. Um, however, they can also do signals intelligence, human intelligence, arcane intelligence, and counterintelligence would be specifically big for them. Um, just because they're attached to a religious ideology and they're trying to push that ideology forward. So any threat to the church would be removed and taken care of. Aundere has the royal eyes of Aundere. Um, they are also very broad in their perspective, but it's also likely not as effective um, as the rest of the agencies that are going to focus on very specific tasks because they're all the allies of Aundere. I also see doing SIGINT, human, ARGINT, counterintelligence, counterterrorism, but they're still going to have several competing factors within Aundere. Um, you know, not, not to mention that they've got a whole cabal of mages who are also interested in conducting industrial espionage or arcane espionage against the dragon marked houses, if you will. And in Karnath, you have the Dark Cabinet. Now, the Dark Cabinet is probably one of the more terrifying of them, apart from Zalargo, because just given Karnath's attitude and their own ideology, you have a group who is very likely going to be involved heavily in SIGINT, HUMIT, ARKINT, Special Operations, Counterintelligence, and Counterterrorism. We'll get to the Counterterrorism piece in a second. Um, so, and I, they're going to be very good at what they do, right? Because they're not afraid to pull a trigger and do whatever is necessary for the protection of Karnath. And you see that when they utilize the undead, you know, if you die during the battle with Karnath, you're going to become a Karnathy soldier. Moving on from really the intelligence services, um, we can move into a few, um, I don't know. They're 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 still providing intelligence services, but very specifically, you've got the Dreaming Dark, right, which is focused on SIGINT and counterintelligence, and they are made up of the Inspired, and they are there to thwart all the activities of the Kalistar that are counter to what the Inspired want. And at the next level up from that, you have the Circle of Night, which directs all of those activities. Um, and then you're talking about sonically powered spies. This and that, you know, you're MK altering your way through things. And it can be a very interesting to, to plop that down. The Dreaming Dark could really, if you go back and read MK Ultra documents and get some of those ideas of some of what the CIA and KGB got up to, I think if you make those true, you could really have a lot of fun and have a very interesting espionage oriented campaign. Well, well, so moving off of that, we'll look at conspiracies, right? So. True, not true. It's, you know, in the books, they're very hinted. They're hinted very much as true, but it's just as to how far they go out is why I label these as conspiracies. So you've got the Orem, which is essentially the Bilderberg group. It's incredibly powerful individuals and families and groups that are presented by, you know, one banner. Uh, but just what they get up to is, you know, 
likely not good, likely nefarious. Um, not not to the degree of malfeasance, but it's a, of an interest apart and above all other interests. And so that can make them an interesting shadow puppet, manipulators in the background at a high degree. And you can use those the same way I would use the next one too, which is the chamber or the calamarics, right? Um, so they work in high degrees of secrecy. They're highly active. Nobody really knows who they are, where they are, or when they are at any one time. Uh, and again, it makes for another great conspiracy if you, if you blend that correctly and you start having some of these agencies and the law enforcement aspects move into there. The last of the conspiracies is the cabinet of faces, right? It's doppelgangers and changelings, highly secretive. The best part about that is now you have someone doesn't need to put on a blonde wig and sunglasses to get through the a checkpoint. Now you've got people who can actually become other, excuse me, human beings and move through, and that that creates a whole different degree of of how they would nullify this. Because if you remember that for every every truth and every mechanism and play that you can make as an espionage agent, someone's already working on the counter to that. Right, that's how it is. You send out radio wave beacons because you need to talk to someone across the world. Well, someone's already figured out a way to intercept those. Right, so now you have frequency hoppers. Well, someone has to figure out how to break a frequency hopper, and it goes back and forth. And so, um, I would, I just suggest always thinking in real world terms and bringing it back to Eberron because Eberron is a perfect setting to where anything real, right, that happens that we do in our world can be brought into Eberron and turned around because magic is science and magic is tech and magic is real in Eberron, and that gives you unwritten license. Don't just look at what spells are in the book. You can just, you can create anything and move that forward. Um, now we talked about how, uh, the dark cabinet did counterterrorism operations. So that's because they have the red watchers, which to me is a terror group, right? A liberation group or rebel group. It's in the eyes of the beholder of what happens, but they're the anti undead Carnathy. And that's what they seek to do is they seek to undo the standard order of Carnath. Um, then you have, uh, the Brotherhood of the Blade, right? So the Brotherhood of the Blade, they are assassins who are, if I would use these as snatching up the homeless and the, the detritus off the streets of Sharn and any other passage, Corth, uh, any other major towns and cities. And you can bring these people up because they are possessed by spirits and they remain neutral Right, um, then they are used as wet work assassins to go in there and do the horrible, terrible, dirty things, and they are an expendable asset because really you're just going to need to transfer the spirit to another body or to just ban- banish it back once it's done. So they create a very interesting dynamic in the in the setting of Eberron. Uh, and last is the Emerald Claw. Right, they're a, another. I would say they're a terror group. Right that works in the background. They're willing to do whatever it takes to further the ideology of Vol. And I would, I definitely use the Emerald Claw as a militant arm, openly combative sometimes, but also conspiring in the shadows to, to do terrible things and to, to further agendas. And in my Eberron game, I also have uh, a, a small terror. Well, yeah, they are terrorists. They're of uh, Siri refugees, and they are tired of not having a homeland and tired of seeing what is happening. So now they have been pushed to an extreme where they're willing to do what it takes to force Carver to listen to them. Um, 
and I, that really covers it. If there's any other questions on this, or if anyone's more interested in more discussion on this, yeah, I mean, every, every nation is going to worry about every nation. That's just how they are. Are they going to do dirty work? Yes. You know, they're going to facilitate terrible deeds in other places as long as it is to the benefit of the home, home nation. The dragon marked houses, again, I see them as being used for periphery activities. But they're going. They're. It's the intelligence world is very dangerous, and providing someone else with knowledge of your sourcing and how you do what you do and what you're looking at, that is the first domino in a collapse of your network, your sources, and your state security. And so that is why it would just it would be very careful and it be the the information shared would be very meticulously picked out sanitized and pushed forward, you know, to, to these third party actors of these houses, um, or manipulated. You're going through cutouts, right? There's, there's a, there's a whole lot of ways of, of, of getting that information flowing back and forth. Uh, and you know, you never know someone like the Orem and the Calamarix are on high ends of the spectrum and they could be easily manipulating all of these groups, um, and using that information to play one against the other uh, without anyone even knowing about it. I'm so curious to hear how you actually are using espionage groups and what kind of campaigns you're running uh, in Eberron if you're using a lot of espionage. Hopefully that helps. Uh, again, thank you and see you in Eberron.